0: Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about
1: Him. Getting
2: you started
0: on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information
3: from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun.
4: It's your Catholic Drive Time.
5: Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you on this Friday, July the 15th, 2022. Praise be to God. Let me ask you a question. Do you do you listen to bluegrass? Have you ever listened to bluegrass? Could I could I possibly entice you? Tempt you a little bit to check out some bluegrass today. But this is going to be special. It's not just your average ordinary bluegrass kind of music. This is bluegrass with a Dominican twist. In fact, the Hillbilly Thomas are coming back to the program today, at least one of them, but they have a brand new album out. And we're going to be conversating about that album coming up at 35 past the hour with Father Justin Bolger from The Order of Preachers. Uh, The album is called Holy Ghost Power, and that's coming up at 35 past the hour. Stick around for that. At the top of the next hour, Dave Palmer, host of Back to the Father, is going to be on to talk about... St. Thomas Aquinas and what he teaches, talking about the, the Dominicans, speaking of the Dominicans there. So if you can join us in the next hour, we'd surely love to have you for that. But there are lots of stories in the news to cover today. Federal uh, District Court in Ohio has temporarily blocked the Biden administration from enforcing the COVID-19 vaccine mandate for thousands of U.S. Air Force service members, praise be to God, all while the Army is deciding to no longer pay 62,000 unvaccinated National Guard troops. Hmm, That's interesting. But here's a new poll that came out from EWTN and the Catholic News Agency. Just 9%, that's 9, that's less than 10% uh, of U.S. Catholic voters uh, agree to the Catholic Church's teaching that abortion is evil. Hmm. Just think about that. Less than 10% of U.S. Catholics agree to what the Catholic Church teaches. I'm going to cover that poll coming up in the uh, What's Concerning Us section at 15 past the hour. Oh, and by the way, 98% of U.S. Catholic women, uh, according to Gutmanker, have also used contraception, you know, on a routine basis. 98%. Do you think there's a breakdown there? Yeah, I think so, too. We'll cover that story. Ivana Trump, you probably have heard, has passed away, 73 years old, found unresponsive at the foot of her stairs. Police are actually investigating into that. So uh, we'll find out more about that, but God rest her soul. That and a lot more on today's program. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos.
6: Good morning, Joe. It's good to be here. It's Friday, Friday morning. We made it to the end, end, end of the week. We have
5: survived it so far anyway. At what cost? Yeah, that's the question, isn't it? Yeah, yeah we'll about see. That sometime. Anything on your uh, agenda for the weekend?
6: Well, uh, I'm going to try and go birding at a new location. We'll see how it goes. It just depends, you know. Duty calls sometimes yeah.
5: and, ah, uh, well. I like to go birding, like, in September, uh, right after Dove season opens. It's, it's, it's fantastic. You <laughs> we, we spot them, and, you know, you want to get that
6: shot. In. Uh, you know what huh. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, hit, right. hit. Yep. As yeah. long as Game Warden doesn't show up. <laughs> no, he can
5: show up. It's legal. It's fine. I got it. <laughs> Speaking of legal, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's
4: good to be here. Is it? It is good to be here. Praise be to God. In spite of it all? In spite of it all. Despite spite of all the bad news, it's good to be here today. You and mean uh, just your trucker? Yeah. Well, yeah.
5: despite... Did <laughs> we figure out what was wrong with your truck?
4: No, not yet. What? We, uh we it's in the shop. I still don't have a, a car, so I'm borrowing my mom's. Thank you, mom. And, uh, yeah, so we'll find out what happened. But tomorrow, mm-hmm. you know, is Saturday, mm-hmm. and we are having a, a rally. You know, we, we interviewed um, one of the car list a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, and they're having a monthly rosary march and all the major cities in texas asking for the consecration of texas really and so that's uh, going to happen right here in uh, houston so we're going to have one in houston dallas austin tyler um
6: well
5: i Antonio. my red beret so then.
1: there
6: you go
5: <laughs> you get you do you did you get your official Carlos red beret
6: oh yeah as soon as you take your ancestry test and it shows up that you're spanish <laughs> so you have to yeah, like well, you know, if so it racist, says Spanish, it's over 10%, then they <laughs> send you the the, the package. You know. It's like Texas. 10%. Once you get into Texas, they yeah. give you the boots, the hat, yeah, the, so hat the buckle. Here. Everywhere, buckle, so yeah, all the cities, chaps. they're meeting up mm-hmm. at the, uh, the cathedral,
4: <laughs> at the local cathedral at that city at 4 p.m. across Texas. So all right.
5: Praise be go. to God. Uh, well, we need to hear back on the uh, report on your trucks. We have a little uh, gentleman's bed here on the, the cause of the breakdown.
6: As they say, I got five on it.
5: Uh, My money's (laughs) on a fuel-related issue. You're going with the oil? Oil pressure. Larry
4: Massey has his money on a fuel-related issue as well. Ah! ah,
5: See? Smart people think alike. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So, I guess we'll see. We'll find out. We'll hopefully find out. I mean, it's the dealer, right? So we should know immediately. Right. (laughs) Let's pray. Let's jump in. So much to cover today. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary... Amen. In the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines
6: with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning into Catholic Drive Time. Today is Friday, July 15th. And here are your headlines this morning. Seems to be a trend here. A lot of people resigning in government. This one's from Just the News. Italian Prime Minister says he will resign amid ruling coalition collapse. Now, the President rejects the plan, though. Italian Prime Minister Mario Draghi said on Thursday he plans to resign from his post after the largest party in the country's government withdrew its confidence vote on a policy package intended to ease raising energy prices. Despite the opposition, Draghi's measure passed in the Senate. However, a boycott from one major party of the ruling coalition casts doubt on the future of the government. The Hill reports a lawmaker says official or officer rather in Uvalde video is the husband of a slain teacher. A Uvalde police officer criticized over video of him checking his phone during the massacre at Robb Elementary School is the husband of a teacher who was killed in the classroom and had contacted him uh, after being shot, according to a Texas lawmaker investigating the shooting. Texas State Representative Joe Moody came to the defense of Ruben Ruiz after the officer was singled out by some users on social media as an example of the bewildering inaction by law enforcement during the attack. The Washington Examiner reports, average real earnings plunged 3.6% in the last year as inflation made workers poorer. Soaring inflation means that workers' real earnings are falling to the fastest rate in decades. Inflation accelerated to an excruciating 9.1% in June, the highest level in four decades, according to the Consumer Price Index report released on Wednesday. Hourly earnings have failed to keep pace. Wage growth is not enough to buffer consumers from the inflation. Workers are getting paid more than a year ago, but they're also being forced to spend more to purchase the same goods they did last year. And this is quite concerning. This one's from Breitbart. CDC directs LGBT children to secretive chats about sex changes, activism, and the occult. Called Q Chat Space, the platform is advertised on the CDC's LGBTQ uh, Health Youth Resources page. That is a mouthful. Archived here. The chat service, which describes itself as a community for LGBTQ teens, is available for those ages 13 through 19 and can be hidden from parents. Q Chat hosts conversations on a number of different mature and sexual topics, including drag culture 101, sex and relationships, and having multiple genders. There are also chats on astrology, including self-discovery in astrology, and one titled Queering Tarot, a reference to tarot cards commonly used in occult practices. The sexually, politically, and even spiritually charged material is intermixed with content that appeals to young children, such as conversations on video games, Pokemon, and Star Wars. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you.
4: The saint of the day is a Polish saint, so bear with me. Blessed Salaslav Ordovats of Poland. He was born in 1180. Salaslav was a near relative, probably a brother of Saint Hyacinth, and shared with him the apostolate of northern Europe. Little is known of his youth, he was born in the ancestral castle and was educated with St. Hyacinth by his uncle, a priest of Krakow. Both young men became priests and being well known for their holiness were chosen to be canons in the cathedral chapter in Krakow. When their uncle received an appointment as a bishop of Krakow, the two young priests accompanied him on his trip to Rome where he would be consecrated. It was in Rome that the two zealous young priests first heard of the work of St. Dominic. The order was then only four years old and its eager members had penetrated to almost all parts of Christendom and were pushing into the lands of the Tartars and the Mohammedans. The new bishop strongly desired that some of the friars should come to Poland. Since St. Dominic was then in Rome, they went to him for missionaries. Dominic was deeply regretful that he had no friars whom were able to speak the language of the north. However. He was much drawn to the bishop's two young nephews and promised to make them Dominican apostles if they were, if they would remain with him. After their novitiate training, Hyacinth and Salislaus went home. Salislaus went to Prague and the other parts of Bohemia where he founded convents of friar preachers and also established a group of nuns. Then he went to Celesia, where he founded the convent of Breslau that was to become the center of activities. He also acted as a spiritual director for the Duchess St. Hedwig of Poland. The life of Blessed Celeslaus is a record of almost countless miracles, of unbelievable distances traveled on foot through wild and warlike countries, and of miracles of grace. He cured the sick and the maimed, he raised the dead to life, and accomplished wonders in building convents. His most remarkable miracle was the raising to life of a boy who had been dead for 8 days. In 1241, the Tartars swooped down upon the Christian kingdoms and laid waste the labor of centuries. Blessed Salaslav was in Broslaw at the time the Tartars laid siege to the city. He and his community fasted and prayed incessantly that the city would be saved. And when the cause looked darkest, Salaslav mounted the ramparts with a crucifix in hand. And while the Tartars gazed in astonishment, a huge ball of fire descended from heaven and settled above him arrows of fire shot out from the heavenly weapon and the Tartars fled in terror, leaving the city unmolested. Our Lady came to receive the soul of Blessed Celislaw, who had been tireless in preaching her glories. He died
5: July 16th, 1242. Blessed Celeslaws Pray for Us. Praise be to God in all things. The Gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Jesus was going through a field of grain on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and began to pick the heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, See, your disciples are doing what is unlawful to do on the Sabbath. He said to them, Have you not read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? How he went into the house of God and ate the bread of offering? which neither he nor his companions but only the priests could lawfully eat? Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests serving in the temple violate the Sabbath and are innocent? I say to you, something greater than the temple is here. If you knew what this meant, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned these innocent men. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. It's Friday, so we hear from Cornelius Alapide today. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, uh, one thing that I find
4: very fascinating is, you know, Cornelius Alapide here is addressing the issue of working on Sundays or working on the Sabbath. And the thing is, every age has its own errors. And so here, Quirinus Lapide is saying, Look, guys, you can work on Sundays on very specific circumstances. There are circumstances if you need to do good on a Sunday, well, then you should do good. If someone is in need of help, you should help them. If they're hungry, you should feed them. These are things that we should be doing on Sunday. And that is okay. And our Lord approves this by working miracles on Sunday. The interesting thing is, though, today we have the opposite problem. We have the opposite problem, not that we everyone is like, wow, I refuse to do any good on a Sunday. Instead, everyone in America, and at least uh, probably the entire Western world, has this idea that it's totally okay to do whatever you want on Sunday. And so I think that that is something that we should meditate upon today is to think about... are we working on Sunday? Are we abusing the Sabbath? Are we not using it for rest? If we're doing good works, meaning the spiritual and corporal works of mercy, well, that is a good thing. But if we are working our nine to five, if we're cutting the grass, if we're doing things that are not necessary on a Sunday, well, let us think about whether or not we should give that up. All right. Praise
5: be to God. We're going to go to a break, come right back, and then we're going to jump into this brand new survey that uh, came out of a Catholic news agency, EWTN, just 9%. That's less than 10% of Catholics in the United States agree with church teaching on abortion. Hmm. We'll talk about that next. Some time back, I
0: had a chat with some Jehovah Witness ladies, and they made the assertion that the first Christians didn't believe Jesus was God. That belief was a later invention, but is this true? No, it's not. Leaving John 1-1 off to the side for now due to disputes with Jehovah Witnesses over its translation, John 20:28 20, records the Apostle Thomas saying to Jesus, which literally translates from the Greek, The Lord of me and the God of me. John says of Jesus in 1 John 5:20, this is the true God and eternal life. Paul writes of Jesus in Colossians 2:9, for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. It doesn't get any clearer than that. There are many more passages, but these suffice to show that the first Christians did believe that Jesus is God. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com.
2: So many of us carry such heavy burdens.
7: Come on, babe. It'll be fun. It's just you and me.
2: Deep within, we struggle because sin separates us from God. But thanks to the grace of confession, God compassionately listens, forgives, and sets us free. So if it's been a while since you've been to confession or mass, come home and experience a fresh start. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org.
5: Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClendon. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. It's Friday. And guess what? Coming up in about about, uh, 15 minutes or so from now, the Hillbilly Thomas are going to be on. They got a brand new album called the uh, Holy Ghost Power. Father Justin's going to be on. He is a member of the group, and we're going to talk about their brand new album. So that's going to be fun. Stick around for that. But there are, as I say, lots of stories in the news that are a great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you as well. And I saw this come out yesterday out of Catholic News Agency. The headline says, poll, most Catholic voters favor abortion restrictions. Okay. Well, I like that. Katie Yoder is the author of this article, and let me read to you a little bit about this because uh, some of the statistics found in this poll are troubling, but maybe some aren't, and I think it's fair to get into it. So let's do this. The article says, The Catholic Church teaches that abortion is grave evil and is never acceptable at any stage of pregnancy. Fair enough. Straightforward. I like that. Clear. Not muddy. But The article goes on to say, but just 9% of us catholic voters hold that view a new ewtn news real clear opinion research poll shows twice as many 18% or nearly 1 in 5 said that abortion should be available to a woman anytime she wants uh, anytime she wants one during her entire pregnancy let that sink in for a moment Next time you're at church, just take a look around you and think about this statement. One in five, or nearly one in five, believe that a woman should be able to have an abortion at any stage of her pregnancy. That is, that is tragic, that is horrific, and is mind-blowing to me. The article goes on to say, at the same time, the poll shows that a majority of Catholic voters, 82%, support some kind of restriction on abortion. Also, a majority say they are less likely to back a political candidate who supports abortion at any time during the pregnancy. Okay, that's, that's hopeful. That's good. 82% strong majority are at least for some kind of restrictions and don't really want to support politicians. That back abortion, that's hopeful, but it's not enough in my opinion. Article goes on to say, The online survey conducted June 15th through the 23rd by Real Clear Opinion Research expands on a sample of 1,757 Catholic likely voters. It carries a 95% credibility level of plus or minus 2.58 percentage points. The polls finding that fewer than 10% of Catholic voters are in accord with the Church's teaching on abortion underscores the difficulties faced by pro-life leaders in the Church. Quote, There is clearly work to be done in catechizing Catholics on the reality that our faith calls us to wholly reject the violence of abortion, an effort that has been greatly frustrated by politicians who confuse the laity by claiming to embrace both the faith and abortion extremism. A close quote, Ashley McGuire, a senior fellow with the Catholic Association, told CNA. Quote, but overall these numbers show that despite that, Catholics, like Americans, more broadly welcome a post-Roe world. Close quote. The survey asked Catholic voters a variety of questions related to abortion, including abortion limits, Catholic teaching on abortion, the positions of political candidates in President Joe Biden, Roe v. Wade, conscience exceptions for healthcare workers, and parental consent for abortion for minors. These voters practiced their faith to varying degrees. Forty percent reported attending mass at least once a week. <laughs> With I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't mean I don't forty percent forty percent attend mass. Once a week. Is there a dispensation still in your diocese? You know, I got to tell you, I think I've shared this before, but years and years ago, I was going to a weekly group of a meeting at our parish, uh, not the one I'm at now, but a one I attended long ago, St. Suburbia, and uh, I I was at this weekly attending a meeting for men. And there would be a video that would teach something about masculine spirituality, Catholic t- teaching, or something like that. And often, in that video, the person would go through stats about why the church is broken. Like why, like, like why 40% of Catholics are only going to Mass once a week, for instance. And then I, we would get into a discussion afterwards in a small group. And literally, I'd be like the only one in the room who would defend what the church taught. And then all these other people would either either not say anything out of pure fear of being criticized, or they would espouse heterodoxical uh, ideas, and I'd be like, "No, hold on, that's not correct. You, you are against the church's teaching on this." And their attitude was like, "And." And one time, I got so frustrated by this group. That I got up and I said, listen, I'm out of here. I'd rather go talk to Baptists who had no clue ever about what the church taught. At least we can have an honest dialogue than you Catholics who reject your faith outright. Because that's what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with Catholics who who believe more of what their political party tell them what to believe than what their catechism suggests that they should be believing. It's mind-boggling to me. Let me repeat this part of the article. These voters practice their faith to varying degrees. 40% reported attending Mass at least once a week, with another 40% attending monthly to yearly. Monthly to yearly. Now maybe you don't know that you're supposed to be going to Mass every single week, because maybe nobody has ever told you that you owe God your adoration and worship. You owe it to Him, right? I mean, think about everything you feel you're entitled to. Is God not entitled to anything? He's supposed to stand by, ready uh, for your needs whenever you need them. Lord, I need this. Lord, I need that. Come to my rescue, Lord. Why me, Lord? But yet, you don't go to church on a, uh, every Sunday to go to Holy Mass to give Him what is due to Him, our adoration and worship? I mean, let that sink in. That's a pretty big one to me. Only 20%, the article says, agreed that they accept all of the church's teaching and live their lives accordingly, with another 35% saying they generally accept most of the church's teaching and try to live accordingly. 20%. Only 20%. Where are the other nine? Did I not heal all ten? Where are the other nine? Only this Gentile, this Samaritan, this Uh, This Goyin dog is the only one to return and give God praise for healing? Where are the other nine? That gospel passage of our Lord's words should be carving, burning a hole through our hearts and our consciences. Uh, The article says, a majority of Catholic voters, 82%, agreed that abortion should be limited to some extent. A plurality, 32%, said abortion should be allowed only in cases of rape and incest or to save the life of a woman. A smaller percentage, 9%, said abortion should be allowed only to save the life of the woman. Another 9% believe abortion should never be permitted under any circumstance. Of Catholic voters... 8% said abortion should be allowed only during the first six months of pregnancy, and 24% said abortion should be allowed only during the first three months. Nearly one in five Catholic voters, 18% said that abortion should be available to a woman anytime she wants one during her entire pregnancy. Quote, This polling shows that Catholics, like Americans, reject the abortion extremism that prevailed in this country for 50 years under the Roe regime. Close quote, McGuire told CNA. Quote, only one in five polled believe abortion should be legal for any reason at any time, which was what Roe permitted. Close quote, she said, of the recently overturned 1973 Supreme Court decision that legalized abortion nationwide. A previous EWTN News Real Clear opinion research poll of Catholic registered voters in 2020 found that a majority, 51% of Catholic voters, said that abortion should be legal in all or most cases, with 31% saying it should be legal except for late-term cases, and 20% saying it should always be legal. The article goes on, and you should read it for yourself out of the Catholic News Agency, um, it is disturbing. It also, re- it also quotes from the Guttmacher Institute, who pointed out uh, back in, I think it was 2012, February of 2012, uh, they did a, a, a study on Catholic women's contraception use. 98% is, according to that study, It's quoted in this article in CNA. 98% of Catholic women had used contraception. What's the difference between us and the world? When when God called for Moses to lead the people out of slavery, to consecrate the people to Himself, to set them apart, it wasn't so that they could live isolated to the world. It was so that they might convert the Egyptians from paganism and idolatry, that they might bring the Canaanites, Pezzarites, Hittites, the Jebusites, and all the other Gazuntites back to the Lord. That's the purpose. That's why. But guess what? Their uh, stiff-necked, hard-hearted mind turned back to paganism at the golden calf. Back to worship of idols and idolatry and all kinds of illicit sexual behaviors, by the way. And for that, they got the punishment and the curses of the covenant and not the blessings. And it wouldn't be until our Lord and Savior died on a cross that that would be fulfilled and we can bring about the new Israel, which is the church, the Catholic church. The only church he founded is the Catholic church. And the one and only mission that church has been given by the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, by his most precious blood shed for us on the cross, was to save souls. To convert the entire world. To not live like the world. To befriend the world and be just like the world. That's not our mission and purpose on this planet. It is to save those lost souls before it is too late for them. Because as Our Lady warned in 1917, too many go to hell because no one will pray for them. And yet, we see over and over again, the Catholic faithful do not believe what the church teaches they do not live what the church teaches they do not even vote like what the church teaches because we believe more of what our party lines tell us to to believe we believe more of what the mainstream media tells us to believe or our favorite pop singer or actor or some other influencer versus the one influencer our lord and savior jesus christ his blessed mother the apostles the saints and all the rest i mean it just is so infuriating that we are so drastically like the rest of this world rather than in stark contrast to this world. You want to talk about charity? Where is the charity for souls that end up in hell? Is it any wonder then that we see our uh, our own clergy out of the uh, the Pontifical Academy for Life pushing to overturn Humani Vitae? Pushing to make contraception the norm and okay again. Pray, fast, do penance, live in a state of grace, go to confession, receive the sacraments, and give God what is owed to him. And run to the Immaculate Heart of Our Lady, who is refuge for us sinners. We'll be right back. Hey, Billy Thomas in a good time. is coming up next.
2: This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute money sex power they're all endlessly enticing but never fulfilling they always lead to a dead end materialism cannot satisfy pleasure loses its pleasure and most people figure that out And in desperation they look anywhere for help except to the church they look to Eastern philosophies to spiritualism to strange new religions but there's only one answer to their eternal questions They deny it, they dance around it, they run from it, but they won't try the one thing that works. They won't try it because they know what it costs. Everything. It means taking up your cross and following Jesus in all things. G.K. Chesterton says, The Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting, it has been found difficult and left untried. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org
0: Ave Maria School of Law is the Roman Catholic law school in the U.S. Consistently ranked in the Princeton Review as one of the best and most conservative law schools, as well as pre-law's most devout law school. Ave Maria School of Law provides a traditional legal education while placing an emphasis on how the law intersects with the Catholic intellectual tradition and natural law philosophy. Ave Maria School of Law, unabashedly Catholic, consistently excellent. For more information, avemarialaw.edu.
6: Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now more headlines. This one from LifeSite. Headline goes, California Catholic Conference drops opposition to bill that could legalize infanticide. The California Catholic Conference, the staff office of the California Catholic Conference of Bishops, has withdrawn its opposition and adopted a neutral position on one of the most extreme pro-abortion bills ever introduced in the California state legislature. Assembly Bill 2223 would allow anyone to commit abortions by any means through all nine months of pregnancy. And even if a baby is born alive, the bill could penalize uh, state authorities who investigate infant deaths, effectively legalizing infanticide. The bill's author, Assemblywoman Buffy Wicks, credits the conference with helping her craft some of the language for the bill. The bill has been approved by the Assembly and is currently sailing through the state Senate committees with the support of the state's Democrat supermajority. Breitbart reports Josh Hawley introduces measures to protect churches and pregnancy centers from radical activists. The Pregnancy Resource Center Defense Act would essentially strengthen the penalties for attacks on places of worship as well as pro-life pregnancy centers. According to a summary of the measure from Hawley's office, the bill could increase criminal penalties from uh, a misdemeanor to a felony for first-time offenders, and increasing the criminal fee for, uh, from $10,000 to $25,000 while also increasing the mandatory minimum for arson from five years to seven years served. The measure would also ensure that pregnancy resource centers and religious facilities that successfully sue will receive no less than $20,000, up from $10,000, according to his office. Catholic Catholic Vote reports, Poll of Catholic voters shows shifts ahead of midterms. New polling data shows Catholics are divided over the midterm elections, while 44% are likely... of likely voters who identify as Catholic indicate support for Republicans in their district, 43% support Democrats. When it comes to abortion, 47% of Catholics claim that they are opposed to the overturning of Roe versus Wade, while 42% support the decision. Uh, Epic Times reports, touching photo shows police officer responding to man who needed a friend to talk to and cooking him dinner. Officer Andrew Brooks responded to the residence of a local man who said he'd simply been having a rough week and was in need of a friend. He told the officers he didn't know what to cook for dinner, nor did he want to go through the trouble. All the while, he kept saying he was hungry. Without hesitation, Officer Andrew Brooks utilized the man's garden and the food he had in the house and made the gentleman dinner, the police department said in a social media post. Sometimes a hot meal and someone to talk to is all it takes to lift someone's spirits and change their perception on things, the department wrote. Thank you for going above and beyond, Officer Brooks. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you.
8: Can't gather grapes from a bramble bush Or pick a fig from thorns What would I like to be Oh, to be a good tree So fall in the rocks on the beaten path
5: Praise be to God in all things. That was a little segment from the brand new album out from the Hillbilly Thomas called "The Holy Ghost Power." Uh, it's a, it's a. I love the Hillbilly Thomas. I've grown to love the Hillbilly Thomas. Uh, when I first met them, I was just unsure about all of this bluegrass stuff from Thomas, but boy, have we been rocking the Hillbilly Thomas over the last year and a half, and my kids absolutely are just. Enamored with uh, they know all the songs they sing' them in the van every time we 're on the road it's It's kind of fun, but joining us right now to talk about this brand new album called Holy Ghost Power is Father Justin Bolger. Good morning to you, Father Good morning, praise be to God. thank you for your time today uh let's start with you just a little bit here. uh Tell us about your and your background you've got a music history before priesthood. Tell us about that
8: yeah, so um I was a professional musician, I played music uh, with my sister, Maggie. We had a band and um, we wrote songs together, we recorded, we were on a record label, we toured, lived in a couple of different cities, Los Angeles, Nashville for a while. Uh, we're from the Maryland area, so we lived there as well. Um, so I played a lot with her and kind of honed my songwriting skills with her, um, but also my production knowledge, Um, so we would record in studios, and I kind of picked up knowledge about how to do that here and there, Um, so we can talk about that a little bit more, but uh, I also come from a big Catholic musical family, there's seven kids, parents are musicians, Um, and so played a lot of music, sang a lot, growing up just with the family. Uh, Did you, was it... Was it bluegrass,
5: the style of music that you played before Priesthood?
8: Um, no, not exactly. I kind of like all kinds of music. So it was I, the music that I was playing with my sister was kind of folk, rock, indie, pop, a mix of things, and a little bit of country, too. Mm. And when I was living in Nashville, of course, I, I listened to a lot more country.
5: <laughs> I'm sure you did. And what drew you to the Dominicans?
8: So, I loved the Dominican emphasis on truth, so seeking truth, and then, of course, um, not only seeking truth, but sharing it with others. Mm. So, one of our mottos, we have a couple of them, Uh, one of our mottos is contemplar, contemplata, and alis tradere," which means to contemplate and to share those things contemplated. Um, So, I, I really loved that, I was attracted to that, being able to to think about, talk about the truth, and then share that with others. And then there's also um, the community that we share, the fraternity that we share as Dominicans. And so I love that as well. You know, Father,
4: I was thinking about, as you're saying, that the, the Dominican friars I have a great Dominican spirituality. And one thing, when one of your songs, the song You, I think is the 11th song on the album, is I was just thinking while listening to it, while this just it strikes me as... The uh, St. Thomas saying, uh, non nisete domine, like nothing if not you, Lord. Uh, could you talk a little bit about the influence of Dominican spirituality on this music? I think it's incredibly clear.
8: Yeah, that's a good question. And um, right, that that song, there's definitely a, a resonance there with that line from St. Thomas Aquinas, who uh, you know had this mystical experience with the Lord. He said, uh, you know, Thomas, you've written well with me. Uh, what would you have for me? Words to that effect. And Thomas said, nothing but you, Lord. Um, and so, yeah, that song is called You. And um, that that song is kind of a combination, actually, of different collects from the liturgies or different opening prayers. Um, and so I kind of weave them together and uh, think about, you know, what I seek in, uh, you know, what, when I pursue Goods in this life, but uh, what am I really seeking? And uh, where is the Lord in all this? And and am I really seeking Him? It's kind of this this question: um, Am I really seeking You? Um, nothing but You, Lord. So yeah, so that's um, definitely, uh, yeah, like, like you pointed out, definitely resonates with that experience of St. Thomas Aquinas. Um, and I think there are other aspects of what we do together that you could call. Mystic or Dominican, certainly just um, the way we record. So we get together usually for a week and a half, two weeks, and we live our life. So, you know, we, we pray together, we celebrate Mass together, um, and then we, we jam together. We write together and <laughs> um, produce and record this, this music as a fraternity, um, as a, a fraternity in St. Dominic in order to share that with the world Um, and uh, luckily because of the way technology is kind of easy to use now and music's um, more and more uh, it's more and more yeah easier to get it out there and to to spread it we've been able to do that, we've been able to share this music with others so there's something uh, fraternal too about it that's Dominican I think also some of our, you know the style is earthy right, the style of bluegrass music yeah, and or, or just Americana roots music. Because we, we play bluegrass, but we play a lot of stuff. Like I was saying earlier, I, I kind of grew up listening and playing all kinds of music, as did other members of the band. Uh, but we like to focus on this sort of, a, broadly speaking, Americana genre. And I think there's something, you know, uh, Aristotelian about, about earthy, earthiness and uh, that, that we find reality, find truth. Um, in things in the world, and so again, our motto is to contemplate and share what we contemplate. So we, we can do that in preaching and in teaching. But I think we also do that through art, mm-hmm. right? Um, art is—it's an artifact. It's—it's it's produced something that the human person um, creates, but um, it always starts from, or at least it should start from, some kind of contemplation. Um, uh, some con- you know, contemplation of the world, and of the world as it is. Uh, Flannery O'Connor has, has some cool lines about this, and um, we ha- we take a lot of inspiration from her. But um, I think she is she's a good Thomistic artist. And so, yeah, we take some cues from her. You took her name. So I think, if you got your uh, name from her, too. Yeah, that's right. Yep, so she was accused of being a hillbilly nihilist <laughs> because some of her stories are a little bit scary, a little bit dark. She's trying to show the way that grace breaks through, um, sometimes in violent ways, into people's lives, especially those who don't even have the sacraments. And um, so she was – people said, especially old pious ladies, well, you're a hillbilly nihilist, aren't you? She said, oh, no, I'm actually a hillbilly Thomas."
5: Hold that thought right there. Father Justin Bolger is our guest. He is with the Hillbilly Thomas. They have a brand-new album out called Holy Ghost Power. We're talking about that. You can find more information on their website hillbillytomas.com that's hillbillytomas.com we'll put a link to it in our social feed but more is coming up right after this very quick break
9: Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend: Could there be just one word that truly sets the Catholic Church apart from all other churches? Yes, there is. Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. That word is retain. How can one word bring such distinction? Well, understanding that retain means to hold back or to keep. Jesus tells the apostles, "If you retain the sins of any, they are retained." Secondly, so what does that world say about sin? The therapist says, "Forgive yourself." New Agers say it's just a state of mind, and the Evangelical says, just tell Jesus no matter how grave the sin, he'll forgive you directly. And finally, the word retain. We all know that non-Catholics don't go to a pastor to confess grave sins. Why? Because in Protestant thinking, you get to leapfrog humans and go directly to Jesus. And guys, let's don't hide under the newest term, be accountable. Hey, we all will be accountable up to the point that it hurts. Is embarrassing or is criminal? My priest can say, Steve, your sin's not forgiven. Does your pastor? I think not. Why? Have you ever heard backlash, decreasing church attendance, and loss of revenue?
7: We had a
3: little place Having fights on Friday night Stars shining in empty space There must be more out there
1: can live by that wanderlust Can't be so
2: old. Praise be
5: to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. And uh, the Hillbilly Thomas, this brand new album that came out called Holy Ghost Power, that was a little clip from uh, Old Highway, which is a fun tune, Father Justin. It's just a fun really- song. Um, I really recommend it. I, you know, I've, I've actually listened to this album now a couple of times. I sat on the couch and listened to it with my kids last night. In fact, uh, they were pretty excited to listen to these new tunes. Because literally, they know all of your last album by heart. I mean, it's just, it amazes me how they are, they're busting out. The Bourbon Bluegrass and the Bible gave my wife some pause when she heard her kids singing about bourbon, by the way, just so you know. But uh, um, how do you guys decide what songs to, to to try to produce and sing and perform? And are, do you have, have you written those songs or who writes these songs? Where do you get this music?
8: Yeah, good question. Um, our first album was mostly old time gospel both bluegrass songs, um, kind of in the spiritual tradition. And there's, there's a lot of that. So we, we chose a lot of those. We wrote a couple of new ones for that. Um, but then for their last two albums, they're mostly originals. So I like to write music. Again, I've always just kind of done this uh, for a long time. And uh, Father Thomas Joseph White also writes a lot of music um, and a lot of song. So, uh, for example, that song. Old Highway. Thomas Joseph White wrote that. He also wrote Bourbon Bluegrass in the Bible. And then a few of our other um prior members of the band write as well. And so, yeah, we just kind of um share songs, especially before we're going to record. Someone will just record it, for example, on an iPhone and share that song with the rest. And so we'll kind of accumulate new songs that way and pick the ones that we think are best. <laughs>
5: And you've gotten some recognition uh, beyond the church walls, so to speak, in the music industry.
8: Yeah, that's right. Um, so that, let's see, our first album got to number three in the blue ga- Bluegrass Billboard charts. Wow. And, and then this current one, I think this week is at um, number nine or number eight.
6: Wow, Father, you know, I, I have a question about the music itself. You know, music is such an accessible uh, medium for evangelization, you know, uh, you could be driving on a, a highway, tune into the radio if you still have a radio in your car, <laughs> or you find it on Spotify or something like that. And uh, I'm wondering, in your in your uh, your journey, being a musician, being a Thomist, uh, ha- has anybody reached out to you guys and said, you know, this music really touched me, it uh, edified my faith, I got to know a little bit more. Uh, has anything like that happened in your time in the in the band?
8: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's amazing and it's quite a blessing. Uh, a lot of people will reach out and um, just say, as you're saying, um, how much this music means to them, and even was even preached to them, yeah. which is great because we want that to be the case. We want this to be kind of part of our preaching, um, as well as just making good music together. Um, yeah, someone just shot us an email the other day, and um, because we have this this new song about the it's called new city and it's the the singer is kind of talk singing about the different cities that he's been through um that he's loved but also he's headed to the new city um mm-hmm. you know the, to the the true fatherland and someone was just uh commenting how, how touched they were by this song
4: you know father i'm thinking uh about the fact of all these like different christian music that comes out and how most of it is incredibly cheesy and most people kind of have this idea it's like wow that was a good song for a christian song you know and (laughs) this idea but the thing about folk music is that the genre seems to lend itself towards the lyrics and so whenever you hear like things in with like these christian themes in pop music it's like kind of jarring and just doesn't seem like it fits there whereas for folk music when you're singing about uh, our lord singing about having a going out on a highway going to new orleans finding conversion these kind of things it seems to actually fit better this like the song veronica really touched touched me i thought and i, I was like that this is exactly the kind of feel and tone of bluegrass music could you speak a little bit about how this is different from your average just uh, christian pop music
8: yeah yeah that's a good question and I think a good insight. Um, yeah, and, and, and I think that's true. A lot of contemporary Christian music is pretty cheesy. Um, I think maybe this is connected to something I was saying earlier, um, is that art it is really, it's something that we create. Uh, or as Tolkien would say, it's it's something we sub-create, right? Because only God creates ex nihilo, only God creates nothing. But uh, the artist creates out of something. Um, but it does require, I think, contemplation of the world as it is, uh, as we experience it. So, you know, Veronica is about um, kind of the postures that we take. Um, we often, you know, because of our ego, um, inflate ourselves or try to be people that we're really not. And in so doing, we kind of we miss Christ, who is suffering in the poor. Um, these are the masks that we wear that come between, uh, the true Christ. And that's why it's, the song is kind of a a cry to Veronica, whose name means true image, um, to, uh, help us see, help us really see Christ face to face. Um, so I don't know. Maybe that is a little bit of a convoluted, um, theological point to make in that song, but, um, hopefully these songs, and like you're saying, it, maybe the folk, genre lends itself to being real um so there's something about the music itself not just the lyrics um that that in a sense keep it real it is like you
5: said in the last segment very earthy you know kind of music um and uh, gritty in some ways and, and i found that uh at first i gotta say at first when i first discovered Hillbilly Thomas. I found that like, wow, really? I mean, like, and then you listen, and the more you listen, it really grow. It really grew on me. I was never a big bluegrass kind of a guy prior to that, I would say. And um, there's, I, I find there's a longing, in is sort of under the surface and the music, a longing of the human heart for something greater. And uh, and I find that actually kind of beautiful now. Um, is that part of how you're choosing these songs? Hmm.
8: Yeah, um, well, I think that's true. I think music, especially just popular music, even rock and roll music, um, is, uh, at its best, can be described as that, as a cry of the heart. Um, it's often inarticulate, but um, it does express that, that uh, in our kind of crazy age, we can still cry, to you know, for the transcendent, for God, in some way. And... Um, I don't, but I don't think we do that explicitly, you know, I I, I don't think that's um, something that we're thinking about necessarily when we're, when we're writing or when we're um, choosing which songs to write. I think we just try to write good songs and and try to play them well together and have fun doing so.
5: Um, You're going on tour Uh, Or maybe you're on tour now. I see uh, dates starting in July, July 23rd up in New York, Washington, D.C., Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Chicago, Cincinnati, Nashville, and Cleveland. Tell us about the tour.
8: Yeah, so over the past few years... Folks have reached out to us and said, "Oh, well, can you play here? Can you play there?" We got a, someone reached out to us. Hey, can you play the pierogi fest? Uh, <laughs> I need <somewhere> samples. <laughs> in they said there are 250,000 people a day, and it's over the course of a weekend. So I was thinking, that must be millions of pierogies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a
6: lot
5: of but food. People
8: are down in there. Um, can't play that, unfortunately. It would have been interesting, but yeah. So different people have reached out to us to to perform. So we found two weeks where we could get together, the band, and um, fulfill some of these requests. So that's what we're doing. Uh, yeah, we're going to start in New York at our parish there, St. Vincent Fair, and uh, then go to D.C. We're going to play near our House of Studies there in D.C., then we're going to play at a Franciscan um, priory in Pittsburgh, then at a beautiful theater, uh, run by the Diocese in Chicago, then at our own parish in Cincinnati, then at the Knights of Columbus Grand Convention in Nashville. And that's exciting because that's going to be at Opryland. Oh, wow. Okay, no Yeah. yeah. So we're going to warm up for um, a country artist there. And then we're going to finally finish in Cleveland because Cleveland rocks. <laughs> I've never heard a, anybody say that before.
6: Father, as a follow-up question, why do you hate Texas? Yeah. Why is you, Texas you not low?
4: Yeah, yeah. you had to
8: bring that up. Is <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the, the
4: prophets won't let you all in?
8: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a great chasm between us. It's um, <laughs> just really far away.
5: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, uh, praise be to God. Uh, I, I, let me ask one last question because we're running out of time with Father uh, Justin Bolger for The Hilbertly Thomas. How spread apart are the members of the band? Like in your normal everyday activities and duties, uh, where are you all located?
8: Right. Well, there is the chasm of the Atlantic, which separates uh, Father Thomas Joseph White from the rest of the band. So he is the rector of the Angelicum in Rome. Oh, wow. That we Dominicans run. So he's there typically. Um, and then, let's see, Father Peter and I are here at Providence, as well as Father Simon, so there are three of us here at Providence College who work here as chaplains. Uh, there's um, Father Timothy, who's campus uh, minister, chaplain up at Dartmouth, mm. so uh, up in Hanover, New Hampshire. Then Father Joseph Hagan, Father Jonah Teller are in D.C. And how often do you guys get together? Um not too often. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I think yeah, just occasionally. Yeah, you know, we'll see each other in passing. Yeah. But we don't get together much to play. Um the last few years it's we've gotten together basically to record.
5: It's pretty impressive that you don't hang out all that often. You don't practice all that often and the music is great. Uh, so. Yeah, well,
8: we'll see how this tour sounds. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's going to be earthy, just like the music. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that, That's an advantage for us.
5: Yeah, praise be, If anybody's interested in buying your music, uh, supporting your cause, how can they do that?
8: Yeah, so we have a website, hillbillytomists.com. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah, hillbillytomists.com. Yeah, that's right. And so you can listen and purchase the music um different ways there. And you can also donate to that website.
5: All right. Praise be to God, Father Justin Volger from the Order of Preachers and the Hillbilly Thomas. God bless you. God love you, Father. Thank you for your time today.
8: Thanks a lot. appreciate it.
5: Yeah, praise be to God. Check out the hillbillytomas.com website where you can get access to their brand new album and the other stuff too, the older uh, t- other two albums. The last one was a smash hit for me. You're probably going to love this new one as well, hillbillytotlements.com. Hey, coming up after the break, Dave Palmer from Back to the Father, or back, yeah, yeah, that's what's coming up next, if you can join us. Otherwise, we'll see you Monday. God bless you. God love you.
9: Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Since you may not agree that the New Testament came to us through the oral tradition of the Apostles, how do you believe it did come to us? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a language aid. In Latin, the word tradition is a verb, not a noun. It's the act of handing over. Handing over what? Handing over the faith. You see, capital T tradition continues to answer the questions the Bible doesn't explicitly answer. For example, you've noticed that contraception or doctor-assisted suicide and many other crucial human topics are not laid out in the bible secondly analogous to baseball the totality of baseball has been handed on to each generation this is very different than just the small t tradition of saying not flipping the bat after hitting a home run and thirdly in case you're trying to rid church traditions to be non-traditional just know that capital t tradition is what got you to jesus drop kicking small religious traditions to be considered non-traditional is like the dog chasing his tail his task is never fruitless and thoroughly silly we live with the illusion that we are in control.
2: One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey.
9: Yet, how much of life actually is under our control? We need to develop our talents and make prudent preparations for the future. But how many times have our plans been sidetracked by forces outside our control? Sometimes, unexpected changes have even opened up new opportunities. In his rule... St. Benedict talks about the beauty and purpose of monastic life. The rule is very successful at separating the monks who live according to its teaching from the illusion of control, giving us a peaceful confidence in God's provident care.
2: For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. OneMinuteMonk.com
9: It's all preparation for our last act of letting go of control when we will have to commend our life trustingly into the Father's hands and death.
5: Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool stuff straight to your inbox.
11: Hi, this is Joseph Earthman from St. Teresa's Parish in the beautiful Memorial Park. You are listening to KSHJ, 1430 AM, Catholic Radio for
6: Houston.
5: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back, it's Catholic Drive. Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Hey, guess what? Uh, we're going to be sending out the CDT Insider email today. So I'm going to try sending them on Fridays for a little while. I took a poll. Some of you responded and said Friday should work. It should be okay. So I'm I'm going to try from now on Friday afternoons. This way I can include. The Memory Hole video series by Rudy Carlos. And and uh, I think I'm going to be sending out Quo Vadis. Quo Vadis? Yeah, Quo Vadis. Is that... Quo, Quo Vadis this you have weekend, to say Joe? it that way? Quo Vadis. Quo Vadis 2. <laughs> <laughs> the action is bigger than ever. That would be great. We should, do it. We should get Mike Romano oh, here to we go. do a movie uh, guy voice, uh, trailer voice. Four old films. That would be cool. That would be pretty fun. How is he, by the way? I wonder oh, how he's doing. Um, pray pray keep, for his, pray for his, for family. his wife. Yeah. yeah, his wife is uh, dealing with some stuff. So pray for that. Hey, coming up here in just a moment. Uh, speaking of Thomas, Dave Palmer uh, from Back to the Father is going to be on to sing the Hilly Thomas songs. Nice. Yeah, because apparently all Thomas. Uh, secretly behind, they all sing these songs.
6: Yeah, it's a hive mind. Well, yeah. the, the, the thing mm-hmm. is,
4: mm-hmm. today has just been—I don't know if you noticed—an all Dominican show. The, <laughs> really? The Dominican saint of the day. The saint Dominican? of the day. Was Dominican. Uh huh. We had the uh, news the, were Dominican. The 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 news were Dominican. The Fairly. commentary on the gospel. The, was, the commentary and the oh, oh, was sorry was Jesuit. Uh, uh, Oh well, oh. well you know, I don't know. I don't know. Was it though? Was it <laughs> Cornelius Alabade? Uh, I don't know. He's
5: a Jesuit. He's uh, a Jesuit.
4: But did I actually cite Cornelius Alabade oh, at all? In oh, that entire make me thing? Look, look I did not. You? I did not. Really? I did not. It's no. Listen, mm-hmm. Cornelius Friday. Mm-hmm. That's the deal. It has and, to be Cornelius Alabade every Friday. And uh, and then we had the hillbilly Thomas on. And <laughs> then now we have the great and uh, amazing and intrepid. Uh, genius wow. of a Thomist, <laughs> holy smokes the the self identified by me the the, i I'm the illustrious him, the dave illustrious palmer dr dave palmer how much palmer.
5: money does it take to get adrian fonseca to give you such an introduction Wax I, I, thought
11: I, I thought I was the only one who noticed the theme of Thomism through the show today. I guess, uh, guess no, I'm the city slicker Thomist,
7: okay? you yeah. the hillbilly Thomist. We,
11: CDT is for all types of Thomists, okay? The, right,
5: the herping Thomist. That's what you should go by. Herping <laughs> what? Herp- herping? Isn't that the, isn't that the name for, for guys that go looking for reptiles? Yeah. 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 Herpetologist. Snake handlers. Herpetologists. Yeah, yeah. I herp- definitely would oh, not get that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> thing You, you randomly look for snakes under rocks right like that's your thing
11: i do I, Dave, I, I really? hardly ever pass a rock that I don't lift up to see if there just might be a snake under there. I love it. I'm, well, I'm obsessed with snakes. Dave, people, pray who, for people me. who love me send me pictures of snakes.
6: <laughs> pray for me that I don't find a snake this weekend <laughs> yeah. while I go. But
11: play. if you do, Rudy, send me a picture. Of them, okay? No
6: way, man. I'm not getting close when to that. Everybody thing. else is
5: like, oh, we got to stay away from rattlesnakes. Dave's like, oh, really? Where is Let's it? go find them. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever yeah. uh, have you ever handheld a venomous snake? By the way. I have
11: yes, I have caught a, a few in my life. Uh, I've caught a water moccasin, I've caught several copperheads. I've never nice. even seen a rattlesnake in the wild. Mm-hmm. I lived in Midland, Texas for half mm-hmm. a year, and I, in, in the summer, and I, I've never seen a rattlesnake in the wild, and I've gone out looking for them, so really one, one thing that I'll regret you know at the end of my life is yeah. I never saw. But I, I'm, it's, life's not over yet. I'm still were,
5: you, were you at all nervous holding a venomous snake?
11: Uh, not if you know how to how to handle them. That's very you know? scriptural
6: it, of you. Yeah.
5: Yeah. How <laughs> so? <Also, laughs> <make> hand- <laughs> yes. They shall yeah. handle what is venomous, the, uh, venomous snakes. The Protestant, and, uh, it's like a Pentecostal flavor of yeah. Protestantism that. that oh, it's snake hands. handling? Yeah. Snake yeah. handling. Well, is. they
11: say, you know, they, there's a saying that says, knowledge controls fear. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if you know, first of all, which snakes are venomous and which ones aren't, mm-hmm. then you don't have to worry about the ones that aren't. Then if you know how to deal with the venomous ones, and I don't recommend people running around handling venomous snakes, but mm-hmm. if you know how to do it, and it, it's, it's Like I said, it's only been Ooh. a few of them my whole life. Yeah. Don't recommend it, kids.
2: Yeah, don't don't do go this out this, catching no, venomous do
5: snakes. <laughs> Mommy, the guy on Catholic Radio <laughs> told me to go get some snakes. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. We're <laughs> telling you not to do it. Don't do it. Yeah.
11: <laughs> Rules for thee, but not for me. Exactly. Right?
5: Yeah, Yeah. Typical
9: fair
11: here,
5: <laughs> right? Uh, praise <laughs> be to God. So have you ever, uh, you must have heard of the hillbilly Thomists, right? They probably teach that in Dominican Thomism.
11: Uh, I have heard of the the, the band, and also that mm-hmm. was the the nickname of, oh, what's her name? Henry uh, O'Connor. Henry O'Connor, right. I don't know if that came up in the interview. It but,
5: did, actually, yeah. Uh,
11: yeah, so I've heard of them. Haven't haven't actually bought their music, but I'm very oh, tempted. I think it sounds very good. It's
5: a lot of fun. Praise Especially the God. one about bourbon. Yes, it's a good time, to be sure. Speaking of a good time, back to the Fathers coming up at uh, 1 Central, 2 Eastern across the Guadalupe Radio Network's uh, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook pages. Uh, what's going to be on the show today?
11: Yeah, you know, you, you led in so well with the whole herpetology thing, Joe. I mean, <laughs> it's like so perfect that you mentioned <laughs> that because we are going to talk today about, in, in my opinion, the most important word that Thomas Aquinas uses in the Summa. And I'll give you a hint to say it's a four-letter word, okay? any Any guesses what that might be?
6: Mm, Four-letter word. Mm. Is it love? Mm. (laughs)
11: That's a good guess. I think that could could be in contention. Hell, hell, no, no. no, no, no. People would say, what about God? Of course, God isn't a
5: four-letter word. uh, Grace? Uh, uh, No, that's not four. No. I can't count. I can't count.
4: (laughs) Somebody tell him.
11: The, 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 no it's it 's the word good good okay, be, okay so because it 's the it 's the object of the will it 's God you know people say God is good all the time all the time god is good it 's because if if we understand the good, we'll better understand God because it's it's all what all things all desire and not uh, you know not everybody claims to desire God, but if they understood that what good is, they would better understand God and better desire Him. So it, it's kind of deep, but that's why we're on for an hour. We're kind of kind of flesh it out, but uh, going to explain the relationship between goodness and God and why this might just be the uh, the antidote for. Agnosticism and atheism in our culture today.
4: You know, it's funny, Dave. You mentioned that because you know, I was talking to Father Justin about the song "You" that they have on their album, the twelfth song on their album, and it talks about. He's saying, he's saying, like, oh, when I pray, I mean, I pray for for good wind, for good weather, for good friends. I pray for all these things, but do I ask for you and only you? Is that the is that what I ask for? Why not? Why don't I ask for this? And it, may, it really gets to the point of the the conversation that that ultimately our, our desire should be directed towards God because yes, it'd be nice to have good weather, nice to have good friends. All these things are good things that we should desire, but ultimately we are not be fulfilled except in having Christ alone, right?
11: Exactly. And, you know, you guys talked about that famous interaction between, you know, Jesus and, and St. Thomas Aquinas, where he said, well, what, you, you have written well of me, Thomas, what would you like for a reward? And he said, no, nothing but be my Lord. So he basically is making the point uh, much more eloquently that we're going to try to make during the show today <laughs> is that, you know, all, all the good things in the world are really only leading us to God. And so if you want to cut to the chase, just say, I want God. Uh, other than you know, I, I want a hot fudge Sunday, I want a friend. I want a <laughs> nice you know. I want kids. I want a vacation on the beach in Florida. Uh, all, all this really is is a desire for God. Like mm-hmm. Chesterton said, the the man who knocks on what what the uh, uh, the, the, the door of the the, 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 the yeah the, is really seeking God. And so it, it all the, 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 the goodness has the aspect of a final end. Saint Thomas Aquinas says you know. So when you yeah. desire good, you're really desiring God.
5: You know, I do want a hot fudge Sunday on the beach in Florida, and now that you have uh, justified this, I'm going to let my wife know, hey, I am seeking God, okay, in yeah. every single hot fudge Sunday I eat, and there's a bunch, all right, it's all uh, looking for God.
11: Uh, I've never seen a hot fudge Sunday on a beach, but... I'll be the first. Uh, Don't you worry. Yeah, it, I'll, get yeah, yeah. I'll get that done. I'll get that done. And every time I lift a rock looking for a snake, I'm seeking God in some strange way. Okay? <laughs> hard hard to believe, but I am.
5: Some I really say am. I a promise. a very strange way. <laughs> <laughs> Praise be to God. You know, I was reading earlier in the What's Concerning Us segment this new poll out of CNA, and uh, so few Catholics embraced the Catholic Church's teaching and so few Catholics actually go to Mass on Sunday. You know, talking about seeking good and, and all of that. It's like, why why are we so, so selfish that we would just discount giving God what is due to Him? Like, you know, talk about seeking good. There's so many good things we do seek in this world, and yet too few of us actually strive to give God what we owe Him. Why is that?
11: Yeah, well, we don't. we don't understand the big picture that God is the end. Like, you know, you're talking about the high fudge sundae on the beach in Florida. You know, we, as often as we're able, love to go to Florida, but if I were to tell my kids, you know, we stop at Bucky's on the way, mm-hmm. and even as great as, I shouldn't mm. have used Bucky's, but, Pre- uh, <laughs> Pre- but if but if, that, if that's where we end, we never got to our destination, right? We never got to Florida because our, our summer vacation would be Bucky's or another, you know, <laughs> gas stop. So so all, all these good things that people want, like careers Or you know, money or a great house—they're just on their way, and they're just signposts to a a greater good. And when we understand that, then we start to understand good. It's uh, you know, it has to do also with, with. Choice Choice is just a means to an end. So when somebody says, you know, I'm pro-choice, well, you could flesh that out. Well, yeah, you want some lesser good, but there's a greater good that you're ignoring on your way to the ultimate good. So there's a lot of implications for this.
5: Yeah, and you're doing a great job on Back to the Father, breaking down the complexities of the Summa Theologica and St. Thomas Aquinas, and making it more digestible for us uh, Neanderthals, knuckle draggers, <laughs> so, uh, who do avoid snakes most of the time. Praise be to God. Um, let's uh, let me turn a little bit here and ask you. In the couple of minutes we have left, uh, you have your summer speaker series coming up in uh, the North Texas part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, and uh, how is that looking? You got fall, you got Bishop Strickland coming, right?
11: We do. And, uh, you know, I, I was always hoping that, you know, we'd get about 500 people there. And I think as of this very moment in time, Joe, we've got... About 440 tickets that are sold with a, a little less than a week to go. So nice. I think we're going to have about 500 people. Uh, Bishop Joseph Strickland is going to be the speaker. Engaging in battle, empowering the lady in 2022 will be the talk. We've got uh, wine. We've got hors d'oeuvres. Uh, it's, it's going to be great. It's going to be at the Frontiers of Flight Museum in Dallas. You've been there, Joe. You got like planes suspended yeah, in the it's, air. It's, a very I mean, <laughs> cool. it's super it's, cool. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) summerspeakerseries.com for tickets. And we want some folks outside of DFW to drive in if they can.
5: Yeah, praise be to God. It would be amazing. Maybe we should all pile into uh, uh, Adrian's truck and, and make it... R- Wait, hold on. Yeah, uh,
4: sure. Go uh, ahead. Uh, you can pile in the truck. Uh, it just won't uh, go
5: anywhere. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I have to
11: say, it ran for four hours, right? Exactly. That's exactly right. Okay. Ran Congratulations. for four hours.
4: Almost exactly. I think it was like, if I were going to be exact, for like four hours, like 20 minutes before it just died yeah. on me.
5: Now, yeah. uh, Rudy and I have a little bit of bet going down here. Uh, I say, and so does uh, apparently Larry Massey, also say it's a... Uh, a fuel-related issue it's wrong with this truck. Rudy's on the board for an oil-related issue. You got any tomistic thoughts about what could be wrong with Adrian's truck, Dave Palmer? I,
11: I just absolutely have no idea. It's just the fact that the truck doesn't run... It, it's lacking some aspect of goodness. Yeah, I was okay. going that's, that's all That's yeah. all I can say. Dave. The whole thing is no bueno.
6: Dave, are you sure it's not the serpentine belt? Ah, oh. <laughs> well played. Man. Well played,
11: you should, Rudy. Uh, you need <laughs> to be my writer, Rudy. Can't you, can't you send this one to me a little earlier in the morning so I can look funny? <laughs> oh, that's good. That's yeah, good you need stuff. to close on that one, Joe. Yeah. We're not going to get any better than that. Yeah,
5: i could not get any better than that. <laughs> Speaking of which, all right, so uh, back to the Father. It's a uh, it, It it streams live over the YouTube channel. It streams live over Facebook. I think you guys are on Twitter as well, all at GRN Online. You can search for it there. And it's at uh, 1 o'clock Central, 2 Eastern today. Plus, Sissel is part of the program as well.
11: She is. She's a very important part, you know, because Sissel isn't formally educated in, in Thomism, but she's really clever. She's very smart. She asks great questions. And then we also have, depending on the week, uh, anywhere from one to three high school interns that come on with us, and they get to give their young mind perspective of this stuff. And, and they're, they're bright, and so they add a lot to it. So And Diane Xavier runs the board. So it's a, kind of a group discussion. We have a lot of fun. Kind of right. like this
5: show. Yeah, praise be to God. I encourage everybody to check it out. In fact, on the CDT Insider email that I'll send out tonight. I'll put a link to Back to the Father content for you. And if I can get the email out before the show is aired live, I'll, I'll include a link to the live stream as well so you can you can check it out. Back to the Father is every Friday all across, like I said, the the GRN online uh, streaming sites. And I highly encourage you to do it. Dive a little deep into your faith with with Dave Palmer. You know, our friend from the North Texas, looking for snakes every single week. And hopefully he'll find a few and kick them out. Praise be to God. Thanks for being on with us today, Dave. All right.
11: Thanks, Joe. It's always a pleasure. Appreciate God it. God
5: love you, brother. All right. It is time to play our game show, Fear and Trembling, with prizes being given away today. In fact, a beautiful prize this week. And somebody's going to win it next, right after this break. If you would like a chance, call right now, 877-757-9424. Right now, phone lines are open at 877-757-9424. What does the word apologetics
2: mean?
1: The word apologetics is derived from an ancient Greek word apologia or apologia, which means an apology. Not an apology in the modern sense of the word, which is to say you're sorry for something, but rather an apology in the ancient sense of the word, which is to make a reasoned defense of something or someone. In ancient times, the word apology referred to the case a lawyer would make on behalf of his client. So apologetics is about building the case for our faith, learning how to explain and defend our faith. Basically, there are three types of apologetics natural, Christian, and Catholic. Natural apologetics builds a case for truths that we can know from the natural light of reason, truths that are able to be known without any divine intervention, truths such as the existence of God, the innate spirituality of the human soul, the objective reality of right and wrong, truths which the articles of our faith rest upon and build upon. Christian apologetics, on the other hand, builds the case for divinely revealed truths, truths that cannot be known by reason apart from faith, truths such as the reality of biblical miracles, the divinity of Christ, the virgin birth, and the resurrection, to name a few. Catholic apologetics encompasses all of Christian apologetics, since Catholicism is the fullness of Christianity, but Catholic apologetics tends to focus on those truths of Christianity that are not generally believed by non-Catholic Christians truths such as the catholic church having been founded by jesus christ the papacy the sacraments the immaculate conception and others again the three main types of apologetics are natural christian and catholic and in this course we will be focusing mainly on catholic apologetics how to explain and defend the truths of our catholic faith a beacon of truth in a troubled world This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.
9: Welcome to another round
0: of fear and Trembling, (laughs) the Catholic trivia game show
2: that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance, and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and
0: gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot, 877-757-9424.
5: And now, your host, Joe
12: McClain. Praise
5: be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show, where secrets and agendas are hidden from the public. So, if I share them with you, then you must promise me never to tell anyone. Deal? Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you just might learn something you did not know before about your Catholic faith. Praise be to God. And then, of course, we like to have a laugh. We like to have a good time. And our callers are amazing. Praise be to Jesus. But, of course... We give out prizes, which means it's truly an incentive for everybody. But if you're new here, I shall explain. I do have three Catholic trivia questions sitting in front of me. But I will not be asking our caller, so they do not need to know any of the correct answers. Instead, I will ask Rudy, I will ask Adrian. one of which will give us a correct answer. The other will give us an incorrect answer, and the caller will then have 15 seconds to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more? Do they trust Rudy? Do they trust Adrian? But they know they can trust Joe. That's the deal. Those are the rules.
6: (laughs) Rudy, what could they win? Uh, Okay. Trust Joe. Well, this week, uh, Joe threw me off there. But uh, (laughs) this week, you can win a Pictorial Lives of the Saints. And this is a reproduction of the original 1887 version that was originally printed and compiled and illustrated by the Benziger brothers. This is a reproduction by St. Joseph's Press, and it comes with all of the wonderful saints of the day. They come with these wonderful plates. That's what they used to call the illustrations there in the uh, 1800s. And it's a fascinating book. It's beautiful. You could probably make this an heirloom, and uh, whoever wins it this week is going to meditate on those virtues of the saints. It's going to be great.
5: Wow. Praise be to God. That is a beautiful gift, and we're giving it away this morning, right now. Here in just a moment, actually. Uh, let's go to the phones first. Anne-Marie, good morning to you. Good morning. Our friend from Germantown, Maryland. Praise be to God. Anne-Marie, it's good to hear your voice. How are you?
3: Well, you know, we've been having our ups and downs up here with Mom. Oh, yeah? Yeah.
5: Well, we we'll continue to pray. Pray about that. Um,
3: I, I, I'm, I'll take anything you can get because we do not have any idea what our power of prayer really looks like on the other side. So yeah. And we need it, and there's not enough people doing it.
5: Amen to that. Praise be to God. Now, uh, dear listener, you might remember Anne-Marie. She is she is the uh, the curveball to the little right corner, every single share across the Guadalupe Radio Network, always trying to stump us with Marian apparitions. And uh, as a good sport, she she jumps on the program just to, to let us throw some curveballs at her. And uh, we're going to do that today. And Anne-Marie, I know you know... It's you and I against the other two. Are you ready to play? Are you sure? I know that. What? Joe? Wait, what? Okay, let's start with uh, team Rudy. <laughs> Moving on, team Rudy, nothing to see here. Move along. Rudy, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh nice tie hey, and jacket you. and salmon oh. shirt. Trout. Is it trout? It's a rainbow trout shirt. It's the rainbow. That trout doesn't look like a rainbow. To me. Rainbow yeah. trout isn't pink.
6: You crack open a rainbow trout. It's pink. Oh, you got to crack it open first.
5: Yeah. Usually everybody just looks.
6: Well, at first, first the you, you got you first you gotta catch one. Yeah, good luck. Because I've never gotten one before. They're beautiful. Yeah, they are. I want to see one up close. Unlike yeah. Dave, wants these snakes up close. I want to
5: see one up close in a sandwich, personally. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. Friday. It's we Friday. Could Friday. Have that today. <laughs> we <laughs> could, good. although I can't have the bread. All right, uh, team Rudy, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Are you? Are you sure? Is it too late to back out? Yes. <sighs> Can you tell me? Which Pope was ordained priest
6: by St. Peter himself? Okay, that would be Pope Michael. Really? Yes. Huh. Wow. He was he was known to be from the area, this is before it was uh-huh. ever uh-huh. known. Really? From mm-hmm. the area known as Kansas. <laughs> Are you being serious? Yeah. Pope Michael. Wow.
5: All right, uh, Adrian, let's just, whew, I wonder what you're going to have to say now. Uh, can you tell me which pope was ordained a priest by Saint Peter himself? Mm. Well, Pope Michael
4: is interesting character, <laughs> but I'm going to actually go with Saint Clement the First. You know, the one that's mentioned in the Roman Canon. That oh, oh, that guy! Oh.
5: Like, so you're gonna pull out the old mentioned in a canon card? Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. I mean, it's, uh-huh. it's, it's a little significant. Uh, that's the guy who also wrote a letter to the Corinthians. He did do that. Yeah, he did okay. do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, Anne Marie, you got choices. Uh, Adrian seems to think it's Saint Clement, whereas Rudy says it's Pope Michael from Kansas. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Anne Marie, in Germantown, Maryland. What say you?
3: It's Adrian. He knows his stuff.
5: What? Oh, Are you saying oh, i was going to give you a bell, but I don't know? Anne Marie, you, you can't be so confident in admitting Adrian is correct. Way to go, Anne Marie.
3: Listen, I can, I can admit a lot of things, including our Marian challenges.
5: Okay. There you go, Steve. All right. Steve. You're correct. St. Clement is the right answer. He was ordained by St. Peter himself. And if you have never read his epistle, his letter to the Corinthians, you should do so. It's fantastic. All right, here we go. You're in the cup for one. You could win. But let's try to get you in there twice with this next question. I think it's easy. We're going to go to Adrian first, who is an expert on this subject. Uh and I looked up in Wikipedia, Adrian's picture was right there. Uh Uh-oh. Adrian, can you tell me the doubt or denial... Of any truth revealed by God is called what? Ah, yes. As a
4: Grand Inquisitor. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. I uh-huh. currently identify as a Grand Inquisitor Yeah. at this moment. Okay. I am going to go mm-hmm. with Sism.
5: Sism is mm-hmm. your answer. Mm-hmm. Mm. Sizzy. Okay. Okay. Uh, Let's get a second opinion, Anne-Marie. Rudy, can you tell me the doubt or denial of any truth revealed by God is called what?
6: (laughs) You smell that? No. I smell heresy. Oh, you do? Heresy, Joe. Oh, I see. This thing needs to be clean,
5: man. (laughs) I tell you. Your, Your answer is heresy. Heresy. So you're saying you doubt, you're doubting and denying the truth that Adrian has revealed? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anne-Marie, is it heresy, as Rudy says, or is it schism, as Adrian says? Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Anne-Marie in Germantown, Maryland, what say you? Rudy. Survey says...
9: Yeah. yeah. Or, it was Duh. schism. Schizies.
5: Schism? Schismatic. Canonically Sch- irregular? Schismatic. Canonically Sch- irregular? Is that, that's not equal to schism- schismatic, is it? No. No. Certainly not. Doesn't exist. Some would say. Doesn't exist. Some would say. Not a real category. Not a real category. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. You're in for two, Anne-Marie. You're in for two. Praise be to God. You're playing very well today. But here's the third one, and I'm going to be honest with you. It's easily the easiest question of the day. Super easy. I don't know. Here we go. Back to uh, Rudy. Rudy, can you tell me, what is the term given to any person? Idea? Mm. Or group of persons who oppose Christ and His Church. What do we call that?
6: It's funny. People say that it's a one person, but it can be a group of people. Uh-huh, basically, yeah. everybody in our culture today. And <laughs> <laughs> that would be why, Antichrist. Why are you That's looking at me when would you say that? that? Why do you? Why do you give me that eye when you say Joe Antichrist? What? If you mix why up you, the letters in Antichrist, you why get Why do you Joe? look at Adrian when mm. you say that?
5: Mm. So Antichrist is That's your, your answer. Answer. Antichrist.
6: Yeah. Okay. Well, let's just see what Adrian
5: says. He's the Grand Inquisitor. Uh, Adrian. Yes. Can you tell me? I can. uh, Praise be to God. What is the term given to any person, idea, or group of persons who opposed Christ and his church? Yes. The term given to any
4: person, idea, or group of persons... Who oppose Christ and his church. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. clearly, yeah. we're seeing this we in a very particular way. Okay. And in this particular person, uh-huh. place, idea, group of people, yeah. uh-huh. it actually is the term that's used to okay. describe them now. And that's called. Get to it. That is called, that is called the German church. Oh. <laughs> I, oh that's like the mm-hmm. term? That is the term. Boy, so in the cool. early church. Whenever uh, they had people uh, that yeah. were against the church, they were like, oh, oh. you're the German church.
6: Oh. Yeah, yeah, das ist richtig. <laughs> <laughs> Wunderbar. <laughs> <laughs> das ist gut, ja? Yeah?
5: Okay, all right. So that, was like, uh, that answer was a lot like reading a modern-day Vatican document. I'm going to be honest with you. It kind of circled around and was going meandering all over the place. But we finally got to the bottom line, and Adrian's answer is the German church, whereas Rudy's answer was antichrist, Fifteen seconds on the clock, who is right, who is wrong, Anne Marie, what say you?
3: The German church sounds pretty weird to me, but the Antichrist <laughs> doesn't sound right either.
5: Really? Well you yeah. gotta choose. All hmm. right, let's
3: do the German church. That's no, pretty we're, bizarre, we're, but
5: we're, 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 I'm so sorry. Listen, I can't
3: have a group being the Antichrist. That makes no
5: sense. That's the answer. We All don't right. have a group that's the Antichrist. We're going to have one. Yes, and we're going to have both. Actually, is the, is the is the point of the question? It's the spirit of Antichrist that pervades the world. And so there are groups of persons who embrace and b- embolden the, ant- the spirit of Antichrist, and there will still be a- an individual who is going to be the Antichrist. This is uh, John the Apostle in his uh, in his gospel, also known as yeah. Joe. Oh, what? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Just All right, you're in for two, and Marie. <sighs> you could win. Wow. it's possible. You're in the cup. This is huge. Do you, now, are you stirring things up over there? I right? have it in my
6: hand right now. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm trembling. Okay. (laughs) The person who's going to win this—it's a cool gift. It is, and it is Donna. Donna,
5: Donna, let's go! Praise (laughs) be to God, Donna. Congratulations, Henry. I'm sorry. It was not God's holy will that you should win this week, but you were a lot of fun nonetheless.
3: That's okay, Joe. But I still think you're the trickiest of the. No, No, I agree. I I
5: agree.
4: That's the universal consensus of the listeners.
5: Hashtag fake news. No possibility. <laughs> it's
1: part
4: of the CDT
5: magisterium. Uh, someone fact check her, please. All right, Emory. God bless you. God love you. Have a great weekend. Thanks for playing our game. All right, that's going to do it for the radio side. We had a fun week. A lot of great stories and uh, guests covered. Make sure you're on our email list. I'm going to send that out today with some cool goodies just for you. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt to get on the email list and join us on the after show. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time
0: Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas.
7: Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Bonaventure. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio.
12: Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary pure and holy, tried and true. it thanksgiving I'll be a living sanctuary.
13: Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace to you, and peace from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ.
7: And with your Spirit.
13: My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to To Almighty God, God and and you, you,
7: my brothers and sisters, that 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 I I have greatly sinned in my thoughts, in my words,
12: Lord have mercy, Christ have
13: mercy,
12: Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. mercy.
13: Let us pray. Grant we pray, Almighty God that just as we celebrate the heavenly birthday of the Bishop St. Bonaventure, we may benefit from his great learning and constantly imitate the ardor of his charity. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever.
7: Amen.
10: A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. When Hezekiah was mortally ill, the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, came and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Put your house in order, for you are about to die. You shall not recover. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, O Lord. Remember how faithfully and wholeheartedly I conducted myself in your presence, doing what was pleasing to you. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah. Go tell Hezekiah. Thus says the Lord, the God of your father, David. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you in three days you shall go up to the lord's temple i will add 15 years to your life i will rescue you and this city from the hand of the king of assyria i will be a shield to this city isaiah then ordered a poultice of figs to be taken and applied to the boil that he might recover then hezekiah asked What is the sign that I shall go up to the temple of the Lord? Isaiah answered, This will be the sign for you from the Lord that he will do what he has promised. See, I will make the shadow cast by the sun on the stairway to the terrace of Ahaz. Go back the 10 steps it has advanced. So the sun came back the 10 steps it had advanced the word of the lord
7: thanks be to god
10: you save my life o lord i shall not die
7: you save my life o lord i shall not die
10: once i said in the noontime of life i must depart to the gates of the nether world i shall be consigned for the rest of my years
7: you save my, my life, life, O Lord. Lord I, I shall, shall
10: not die. die. I said, I shall see the Lord no more in the land of the living. No longer shall I behold my fellow men among those who dwell in the world.
7: You save my, my life, life, O Lord. I, I shall, shall not die. die.
10: My dwelling, like a shepherd's tent, is struck down and borne away from me. You have folded up my life like a weaver who severs the last thread.
7: You save my life, O Lord, I shall not die.
10: Those live whom the Lord protects. Yours is the life of my spirit. You have given me health and life.
7: You save my life, O Lord, I
12: shall not die. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. My sheep hear my voice, says the Lord. I know them and they follow me. Alleluia. Hallelujah! Hallelujah!
13: The Lord be with you.
12: And with your spirit.
13: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew.
7: Glory to you, O Lord.
13: Jesus was going through a field of grain on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick the heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, See, your disciples are doing what is unlawful to do on the Sabbath. He said to them, Have you not read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? How he went into the house of God and ate the bread of offering, which neither he nor his companions, but only the priests could lawfully eat. Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests serving in the temple violate the Sabbath and are innocent? I say to you, Something greater than the temple is here. If you knew what this, what this meant, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned these innocent men. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. The
7: Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
13: Let's first say something about this first reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Hezekiah he receives 15 more years of his life. He's about to die. And Amos comes and says, Put your house in order. <laughs> I think if we, there's, we can actually meditate upon this, which is we set ourselves on our deathbed and we see, okay, how we evaluate our life from that perspective, which usually on our deathbed, our life is very, very clear. You know, what we think is so important, what we want to do in life all of that begins to fade away and we look at those things which are the most important and say, how well did I work on those? Like if I say my family is the most important thing, then what have, what have I spent my most of my life doing? If it's been working, then I haven't been doing doing same time with my family. Or been constructing this or working on this car, or building this plane, whatever it might be. And instead I've gotten sidetracked doing this rather than what is the what I have I have seen are the most important things. So Thinking about where we are on our deathbed can just put our life in really clear perspective. But imagine if we were given 15 more years of our life,
2: what would we do with it? If we knew we only had
13: 15 more years, what would we do with it? Well, hopefully, and what we see, of course, with Hezekiah, is that recognizing that maybe my house isn't as in order as it should be, that I would spend the next 15 years doing just that, putting everything in order. I remember when I was living in Italy, there was, the Italians would have this really interesting saying. And when, when we say to each other, hey, how are you doing? I say, we say, I'm OK. you know, I'm doing all right. I'm doing really good. When an Italian, they ask you, you know, how are you doing? They say, uh, tutto posto," which means, is everything, is everything in, its, uh, in its place? Tutto opposto. And you would say, si, sì, tutto opposto. But oftentimes, the Italians would have this little funny response to say, si, sì, tutto posto, ma niente in ordine me. which means, everything's in its place. Nothing's in order. <laughs> I think like a kin- kindergarten cubbyhole. You know, it's like everything's just been stuffed in there, but you know the shoes are not in the right place. This is not folded up. And so, if we had that 15 years of our life more, would we do the best with it? Most likely, because by seeing on our deathbed the clarity that we need, we'd say, "This is what I have to address." Something like that, I think, could be said from the gospel today. The Pharisees, are, of course, criticizing uh, Jesus' disciples. Because they're doing something that, according to the law, was unlawful—to pick grain, basically to work—and Jesus reminds him of the story from the Old Testament, from the book of uh, from the book of uh, Samuel, about how David had, when he was hungry, he was on this on this journey, on this on uh, on a mission, and he and his and his men had refrained from having uh, relations with their wives. They were on this special mission of God. And then they were, but they were hungry. And so they ate the bread of offering, which was, of course, only, only for the priests. And so the, the Pharisees were just, of course, you could say nitpicking. <laughs> they were nitpicking at the disciples about because they were hungry that they were, they were working. There's, and Jesus said at the very end, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Well, the Sabbath for us, of course, is not Saturday as it was for the Jews, but it's Sunday. We have set aside that day which we believe Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Set so aside like that day to honor the Lord. How how well do we celebrate Sunday? Now, Sunday we think, OK, maybe in our modern world, what the church has done is basically what the Pharisees did. Now we've made all these laws. You shouldn't do this, and you shouldn't do that on Sunday, and you have to do this on Sunday, you have to do that on Sunday. And at the end, we really simply have gone back to what the Pharisees are doing. So we see, well, they are not doing that, you're doing this, you shouldn't be doing that. But rather, we have to go back to the core of what it is. And uh, in fact, Vatican II and Sacrosanctum Concilium, the great document on the liturgy, when it talked about the liturgical year, set Sunday as the most, really the most important day of the week. It almost really the most important day of the year. The whole liturgical year revolves around that day, Sunday, because it is a little Easter. It's like celebrating Easter every seven, or you could say even every eight days. But how well do we live this? In our modern world, of course, it's very difficult. People have very, very uh, various work schedules. And the fact is that we are so busy and so tired that by the time Sunday comes, even if we do get the day off, then we want to do nothing. And we can understand that because we are simply just exhausted. But the fact, the interesting thing is that, Sun- that, that to honor Sunday, first of all, the most important thing, of course, is to honor the Lord and coming to receive Him most of all, the communion in the Eucharist. That is essential. Pick that grain to break it into bread, and so and to, and to those words to come, that uh, he becomes, becomes the body and blood of Christ, that we can receive Jesus. That is necessary for us to worship the Lord properly. But then, outside of that, how do we live that out well? Well, maybe we don't do the, some of the work that we, that we probably need to do. We set that aside so that we can spend time with the Lord. So the thing is, not to do nothing, but to do the right thing is to order our life, to put our house in order, so that the main thing is the main thing, and that is, first of all, it starts with the Lord, and everything follows from there. And if we live that out well, well, then our house truly will be in order. We will be ready for when the Lord comes to call us home, then when we go home, then we can, we can say, we have been a good and faithful servant, that our Lord is in order, and we have put God at the center. So, let us put our house in order by celebrating Sunday well. Preparing ourselves to receive the, the word and the Lord in, in Holy Communion and then honoring him on that day. Spending time with the Lord and feasting on his goodness. Dear brothers and sisters, gathered as one to celebrate the good things we have received from our God. Let's ask him to prompt in us prayers that are worthy of his hearing. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for Michael the Bishop, for all the clergy, with the people entrusted to their charge. Let us pray to the Lord.
7: Lord, hear our prayer.
13: Let us pray for those who hold public office and those who assist them in promoting the common good, that they may work to defend life and work also towards an ordered liberty that, that takes into account our own freedom, but then also Uh, the good of our brothers and and sisters and our neighbors. We pray to the Lord.
7: Lord, hear our prayer.
13: We pray for those who travel by sea, land, or air, for captives and all who are held in prison. We pray to the Lord.
7: Lord, hear our prayer.
13: For all of us gathered in this sacred place by faith and devotion, and by love and reverence for God, that we too may put our house in order. Remember to honor the Lord deeply on Sunday, by receiving him in Holy Communion and worshipping him in spirit and in truth, we pray to the Lord.
7: Lord, hear our prayer.
13: For all those who are joining us online through Guadalupe Radio, for their intentions and those who have asked them to pray for him, we pray to the Lord.
7: Lord, hear our prayer.
13: May the petitions of your church be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord, so that we may receive from your mercy. We cannot ask out of confidence in our own merits. Through Christ.
7: Amen.
12: <clears throat> I heard the voice of Jesus say, Come unto me and rest. Lay down, thou weary one lay down thy head upon my breast. I came to Jesus as I was weary and worn and sad. I found in him a resting place and he has made me glad. I heard the voice of Jesus say, Behold, I freely give. The living water, thirsty one, Stoop down and drink and live. I came to Jesus and I drink, of that life-giving stream. My thirst was quenched, my soul revived, and now I live in Him.
13: Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father.
7: May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of His name for our good and the good of all his holy church.
13: May the sacrifice which we gladly present on the feast day of Blessed St. Bonaventure be pleasing to you, O God. For taught by him, we too give ourselves entirely to you in praise through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you.
7: And with your spirit.
13: Lift up your hearts.
7: We lift them up to the Lord.
13: Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is
7: right and just.
13: It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For as on the festival of St. Bonaventure you bid your church rejoice, so too you strengthen her by the example of his holy life, teach her by his words of preaching, and keep her safe in answer to his prayers. And so with the company of angels and saints we sing the hymn of your praise, as without end we acclaim
12: Song to whose song to whose song to Dominus Deus, Abhod, Pleni sunt terra, Gloria tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus qui venit in nomine Domini. Hosanna in excelsis.
13: You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like a dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. For the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you always. And
12: with your spirit.
13: Let us offer to the sign of peace.
12: Agnus <laughs> Dei quittolis peccata miserere nobis Agnus Dei Quitole specat amundi, misere no hobis, on you stay he. Quitole amundi, dona nobis peace Behold
13: Behold a faithful and prudent steward to give them their allowance of food at the proper time.
12: O Lord, I am not worthy that Thou shouldst come to me, but speak the word of comfort. My spirit healed shall be, and humbly I'll receive the bridegroom of my soul. No more by sin to grieve thee for fly thy sweet control. Let
13: us pray. Through Christ the teacher, O Lord, instruct those who feed with Christ the living bread that on the feast day of Blessed Bonaventure, they may learn your truth and express it in works of charity through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you.
7: And with your spirit.
13: May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the Gospel of the Lord.
7: Thanks and be to you. God.
12: Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Vita The prayer to Saint Michael.
11: transmitting the treasures of our catholic faith to your radio every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio.
2: Keep it tuned right here on KSHJ, Houston, Texas, 1430 a.m. It's food for your immortal soul all day
0: and all night.